Hey, I'm Heather, a chaos coordinator and mom of three young kids. Chaos and cookies is literally my life, with never-ending dishes, laundry, you name it. Being a mom is a blessing, but it also comes with hard days too. Together, we can find the humor and real solutions to lighten your load and clean up the crumbs. You're listening to the Chaos and Cookies Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Chaos and Cookies Podcast. Today, I have a return guest. We are doing a check-in with Mr. Barry Selby, one of my favorite people on this earth, and he is one of my favorite Brits, and you will fall in love with just his accent alone. And uh, we are going to talk about uh, healing and relationships, and um, I am just now completing my divorce and my move and just moving into a whole new chapter. And so working through some of those things and Barry is uh, very knowledgeable. And so if you haven't heard Barry's previous uh, episode, uh, please, I encourage you to go check it out. But um, if you have, let me remind you who uh, Barry Selby is. And he is a a relationship expert and he's a best-selling author and inspirational speaker. He's also a spiritual guide. Uh, He's just sounds so knowledgeable and smart with that accent of his. I love him so much. Uh, He's also a passionate champion for the divine feminine, uh, leading with a compassionate masculine heart. He is dedicated to helping strong, successful individuals attract healthy relationships with their authentic and passionate partners. Um, If you watch him on social media, he has a lot of um, female forward advice, and I really do enjoy uh, all of the material that he uh, provides and resources. Um, he His focus on respect for women informs his work with both men and women, and his mission awakens women to own and express their feminine magnificence uh, and majesty in love and in the world. He is also committed to helping men learn to open their hearts without giving up their balls. <laughs> with his expert guidance, both genders create greater balance in love, life, and business, and his clients attract relationships that equal who they really are. Um, he's an expert coach, a guide for single seeking relationships and self-love, and he's affectionately known as the love doctor to his friends and clients. Please welcome Barry Selby to the podcast. Welcome back, Barry Selby to the podcast. Great to see you, friend. Likewise, Heather. Thanks for having me. Oh, yeah. And anytime and every time. Um, I'm going to still ask you the same icebreaker that I always ask to see if it's, you remember what you said the last time um, you were on the show. And that was what was your favorite cookie and or cookie memory? Uh, that's that's changing, actually, right now, just to be transparent. Hey, uh, little, little, little brief story. Um, I saw a, I have to follow a couple of YouTube channels with with food, foodie type people on it. There's a bunch of English guys have a show in England called Sorted Food. Really funny guys. There's normals and cook and chefs that work together. They're all, they grew up together. They went to New York, went to this place and found these things called Levan, Lev, I think called Levan Cookies. It's L-E-V-A-I-N. There's one place in New York they found them are bizarre. And I was, I looked at them and I want to find those, those cookies somewhere. Can't get them anywhere. I found on YouTube, again, just by knocking down things, another place in London happens to be a bakery. These girls that run a bakery. And they went to New York, found the cookies and wanted to design, figure out by retro, um, reverse engineering how to make them. And they've got a recipe now. So oh. I'm only going to make those cookies. <laughs> so oh, look at there. Like five variations on them. So basically, the Levine cookies are very thick, very thick. They're like chocolate chip with nuts without nuts, but they're crunching the outside 
and soft in the middle because they're that thick. Oh, those are good. Yeah. So that's my most of my new favorite cookie. I haven't made them yet, but I'm going to make them soon. <laughs> oh, you have to let me know how that that turns out. That's a good. That's a good answer. See, this is what happens when you come back. You evolve. Yeah, you change. Yes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, so you, there's been a lot going on since you uh, were back last here. You have podcasts. Mm-hmm. You have a new program coming out, and you're a relationship expert. And I love the fact that you uh, really focus and hone in on women, and um, you really dive into the narcissist side and things like that. So, um, yes. I think that's also like a really hot topic. It, the the challenge for most people nowadays seems to be, I'm going to say it this way. I'm going to I'm going to find the words for this because really, what I, a lot of work I'm doing is helping people learn how to heal the wounds they've been carrying from past relationships. I think what a lot of people have been trained to do, so to speak, or, or expected to do, is just get over it and move on. You know, and what a lot of people have done, I did it myself many times, is to I don't say necessarily bury or stuff the emotional wounding, but to really sort of to kind of ignore it. I think it'll go away eventually and not face it. And one of my teachers said something once that really really inspired me. And so I use the analogy this way. It's when we go through breakups of relationships, and this is true for men and women, but women especially who have more emotional um, spectrum, shall we say, than men do, at least, visit, at least overtly, because men, we suppress our emotions much better than women do generally. Mm-hmm. Right. Is that is that what women, what people do, means that way, is they tend to just numb their emotions. You know, there's the old phrase about time heals all wounds. Well, when it comes to physical wounds, time does tend to heal those things eventually, you know, scar tissue, et cetera, et cetera. Well, emotionally, it doesn't numb them. It just suppresses them. It just sort of it doesn't, doesn't heal them. It just numbs them. They just go, go silent. And the mm-hmm. thing is, and the visual I use is that when you go through a breakup, you imagine that you like bandage and you have band-aids all over your heart to cover it up, to heal it, but nothing's being done. It's not healing. The thing is, one, that those wounds are not being healed, so they become sore spots when you meet somebody new. But secondly, and one of the biggest ahas for me was, is that all those bandages and band-aids also limit how much love you can express outwardly from there because you've got all this stuff in the way. So the reality is when we don't do the work to heal and become whole again, the less amount of love we can give somebody and the less amount of love we can let in, which means we don't really get what we want anyway. So right. relationships tend to be like 40, 50% of what they were before because we're sort of walking, we're walking around with oven gloves on. We don't have the full availability to connect, you know? Right. And that I, that's so true because you start recognizing the fe- like the things that you didn't like with your past relationship or they're just trigger spots. Like for me, I have like a little bit more of like anxiety and PTSD when, you know, a door slams depending on how I am, sometimes it's no big deal. And then sometimes it, I can't, it it really startles me and can't calm me down. So it just depends on when that happens and it's not anyone else's fault and trying to manage that without having that, uh, you know, affect other relationships is difficult, especially, you know, when you're trying to, you know, start fresh and start new and not put it on that person or others. Absolutely. That that is the that's the unfortunate part. That PTSD piece. I mean, I feel for you. I understand totally. Is the fact that because the um, the wiring hasn't been un, un, de, un, what's the word? detached or taken apart, those triggers that got put in place by a previous relationship, that doesn't matter who it is, 
the experience they provoke becomes the circuit completion for that old wiring so that mm -hmm. so that reaction shows up the the um, involuntary hurt almost shows up because right. of that past memory hasn't been resolved yet because a lot of the work i do with my my clients because i, I much want to help my clients attract healthy relationships if i shortcut the healing process it doesn't work so i they fail i fail it doesn't nobody work so i'm very focused on really undoing and healing that relationship inside with itself from the past so those patterns no longer run the show anymore because right. that's the only way to be free frankly and i tried to do some emdr um last year and mm -hmm. we went and we you know i and a great therapist will recognize when it's not a good time and so because i was still in the motions and there were things that were happening that were still going to trigger it was it wasn't like they, you know, it wasn't, a, it was a wound and not a scar yet. Yes. We had to stop. She's like, this is not going to help you because you're, you're never truly going to not be dealing with it. And so until we were done, like, we're not going to be able to really fix it. So that was a very hard thing to do when you're trying to, to work on that. And then when you're dealing with almost the same type of situation that you're having, but it's more in the written form instead of a verbal and mm -hmm. present present form it still tricks your brain and your brain still thinks that it's happening and yeah. so think luckily it's now kind of pretty much gone away it's very much now more opposite where there's just silence and there's it's very difficult to get a response which is fine yes. more challenging and to be expected but it's much better than being hammered all the time with texts and call you know all the things but trying to know when it's appropriate to start and not to start in the middle, but at the end type situation. Um, that's been very helpful now that like I just moved. This was the very last step of, of really severing all ties from my past relationship other than my kids, which is I have the most majority of the time anyway. So it's one of those things where I can now finally just take a deep breath and chill and heal and look at things better. Because yeah. it's clarity, because there's a lot of unsure and uncertainty with the future, especially when you're going through something so, you know, you know, dynamic. Absolutely. That's the thing. And, and I mean, everyone's situation is different, of course. But the thing that some people do, and you're not doing this, but some people do, is they have this rebound relationship focus where they want to find someone to uh, distract from the wounding they're carrying around. Right. And, you know, I, I never actually did the same thing. Uh, hang on, before I say that, just scanning my history. No, I'm really? checking. <laughs> checking. <laughs> you know, because I go, did I do that? No, I'm pretty sure I'm honest with it like this. <laughs> Is that I didn't have that experience, but some, so many people have where they basically, and it may be they think they're over it because it's been two weeks or two months from the breakup. But the thing is, it, it is a distraction away from what's in the way. And so what you're doing, the choice you've made, and also you had an easy way to do it, but to 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 start cleaning up those those um steps along the way and to have the house now where you actually have your own space. And it's and also the great thing is it's a new space, not the old one. So Which the memories, is difficult. Yeah, yeah. That was really hard with the old stuff. That's the thing. I mean, one thing I'll say just for anybody that's been a little guidance for them, if they are still carrying mementos or property, or if they're living in the house that they had that trauma traumatic experience of breakup in. It's going to be very hard to heal. So having some sort of completion, which if you can move, great. If you can get rid of some of the things you've got, great. 
because they're holding us there. You may say, well, yeah, but it was a loving gesture when they gave it to me. Yes, but the unfortunately, the emotional baggage tied to it as well from the wounding makes it harder to be free. So sometimes you've got to either, you know, pawn those things off, sell them, give them away. If it's something, you know, combustible, you know, have a ceremonial burning of it, something like that, because we don't sometimes choose because we're very sentimental beings at times mm-hmm. to say goodbye to things to have a clean completion. And so what right. you're doing is like you've really done the work because you're taking such serious, some such clear steps to be free and be complete again, which is a great way of doing things ultimately. Yeah. So what I ended up doing is like, I had my wedding dress. I have the wedding album. I have the wedding DVDs. I had all the things, right. Yeah. I didn't want to get rid of those things because I don't feel like it's, my kids are so young. So who knows what they'll ask. They can make their own decisions. They're very, very smart. They're now finally to the point where they understand it's actually, it's quite interesting on what they say when they come home from their dads. It's like, they're going to learn real, real quick. So I don't really need to do anything on that. So I've, yeah. you know, been working on just let it be, just, just let it play out and, and everything like that. So what I ended up doing is I, I got like a big wardrobe box. I put the dress, I put the everything and everything I had in the box and I made a wedding box and it's now in my attic. And that way it's just labeled and I put it away. And if it's there, it's there. It's not in my sight. And it's like, I don't have to look at it. So just in case it came up and if it doesn't, oh, well, then I can just get rid of it. And then the other thing with the, so I got rid of all of my bedroom furniture. And so I was like, I'm living on the floor on some box springs waiting for a new one to come because it's just trying to rid of those things. And what I ended up doing is taking a few pieces with me that I don't want to have to replace right now because I want to have continuity for my kids because I want them to recognize things when we go and like all of a sudden all their stuff's gone. And then it's like, why are we in a new house? We didn't, they didn't really want to move, but then they got excited and then dad's moving too. So Unfortunately, I don't think he's going to take anything with him that he took from our split because he just didn't want me to have it. But I was like, I think you should, you know, hopefully they'll keep something because it helps kids transition. So all of a sudden they're not going to like, they come home from dad's and now I'm in a new house and then they're going to come home from go to his and he'll be in a new place. And so just having some continuity and then as soon as I got them in here, they've seen it. They understand it's our stuff. And now what I've done is like, get rid of it. And we're going to replace it because it's here. It did its, jo- yeah. its job, you know? Nice. So basically they've become a cut. What you've done is you've really made it safe for them. Because emotionally is what they need. And that's what you've done is because the things with kids go through divorce is a whole other conversation. Yeah. They can, first of all, they can take on the blame thinking it's their fault, which is one thing they've got to be really um, dissuaded from thinking. Because the truth is, is 99% of the time it's not the kid's fault. One percent sometimes it is, but most of the time it isn't. But also to create that safety, because the other part is when, when kids go through divorce, their feeling of trust and safety gets evaporated because suddenly what was their home unit has now become two separate places that aren't their home. Maybe one keeps the home, but one doesn't. In case your case, with the fact that you both have new homes, they need whatever can make them feel safe. It's not just you, but the environment. So having property and furnishings and things that were theirs in the old place it's like it's like a security blanket in a way but it's good yeah. for them because it gives them a place to move from and then when they are comfortable in fact they may even say they're ready to get rid of it yeah. they want a fresh start as well so that's a beautiful way of approaching it i try to do that uh 
but then they want to keep everything. So it's been nice. I've been, <laughs> I purged a lot. Like a lot of things came and I was like, I don't need that. Want that. Like I'm good. Um, at one point, cause I, I packed all the boxes of a 4,400 square foot home and moved into like a 28, which is still a nice size house. And, uh, but th- with that comes stuff. And so <laughs> at the last part, I was like dumping it in. I'm like, I don't even care what it is. I right. will go later. And then I got rid of a bunch of kids stuff. So at least the excuses, um, it, I don't know. I don't know where it is. Like it's maybe <laughs> somewhere, maybe I got lost in the move. Um, you know, so, and, and usually it's not really that big of a deal. Um, my daughter had a hard time parting. She has separation anxiety disorder now that that's what she's now has. Um, because she has a very difficult time separating from me, like super anxiety going to bed. It takes me two and a half hours sometimes to get her to bed. She likes to hang on to stuff that's mine. And so I brought my old like childhood furniture, but just did not work. It's too big for her new room. I brought it in. I let it sit. She saw it. And then when she came back, it was gone. And she actually didn't say a word about it. And so I was like, okay, she saw it. And I think she just wanted to know it was there. So trying to take away the emotional attachment to it and just being like, it's serving my purpose. And so I'm okay with it coming into my house, even though I didn't really want anything from that past relationship, but it's serving its purpose. And that's what I cling on to. As long as you're in communication with the kids in terms of make sure their emotional safety and their emotional comfort is being addressed. So they know they're feeling heard and received as well. Yeah. Then it's even much easier. Yeah. I mean, cause to, 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 um, move the deck chairs around on the Titanic isn't a good thing, you know, <laughs> and so if you do move stuff out without them, if they don't say anything, it's great, but also check in, they didn't just shut down. So those sort of things is important to make sure you have continual connection with both the kids. Cause you know, it's, it's a journey of healing for all three of you. For sure. And I brought like, I had to leave all my curtains and stuff, but I had some extra and she really wanted those. I'm like, good thing I have extra. So there's some familiarity for her there. And then she's, she just got her old dresser back as I was using it in my other closet. So she just got her old stuff back. So it was nice to see it. And I had been prepping her for months. Like, I don't know if that's going to fit. I don't think that that's going to work, but we'll try. So I have been trying really hard to just make sure you prep and talk about it because they don't like surprises. No, no, that's the other part too predictability is something that comes in necessary for kids who've gone through divorce because that's the other part is oftentimes well some divorces are done over a long period of time so it's almost like they all know what they're walking through when it's sudden that's the thing kids sense of stability can also go away so mm-hmm. by having that for them is a, is a key thing so yeah i mean and it's a journey doesn't you know you, you can never be perfect at it that's the other part is is being being gentle with your own journey because you know as the parent Sometimes you go, it's my fault, or or somehow you feel like, damn, I didn't do it perfectly for them. That, it, it ain't going to happen. Yeah. So being gentle with yourself and then do the best you can with them. And also letting them know where you are too, so they, they can relate to you. Because oftentimes they don't know that you're not perfect. You know, mm-hmm. They don't know that you're emotionally in pain. Not to dump it on them, but just say, you know, share with them your actual experience. So they feel kinship with that. Yeah. You know, it's part of the journey of healing. Yeah. And we, I've been working with parenting coaches and therapists and all the things to try and like prepare and trying to remember and remind myself that they're going to have their own memories of how things are or was, and they're in therapy. And they're finally, after a year and a half are finally my oldest for one, he's he does not want to talk about anything. 
And he finally started like opening big feelings up and it took about a year and a half because they have their own feelings around it. We forget that, you know, we're the adults, we're in charge, we're, we know what's best, but they don't know that or understand it, or we, they understand more than maybe we think. Mm -hmm. And we don't give them enough credit. (laughs) They say things. My son, my oldest said something to me yesterday. And I was like, dead on, dead on. Like, I don't know like how you figured that out, but yup, that's exactly right. And trying to do it in a way where you're like, interesting, you know, and not trying to be like, yup. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like trying to let them make their own decisions and they're very keen. And, um, and so being in like a new relationship, also making sure that they feel safe and they, Oh, yes. I do not have a say because it's not really their decision, but you want them to feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, that's not dad or that's not mom. And so trying to really make sure on a new relationship that you're also not bringing in the same type of toxicity. Oh, and baggage, yeah. Right. That's, that's another part of the work. We, we as adults, putting the kids to one side for a moment, but as we as adults, when we go through relationships, oftentimes we don't realize that we're repeating the same pattern again and again and again with different people. So to definitely do the work between relationships, again, is what I do with my work with my clients, to undo that wiring so the patterns don't keep repeating so you don't attract the same toxicity and the same experience with a new face, same old stuff. Hmm. Especially with the kids, that's something you want to definitely change the wiring on for yourself. So that way the people you bring in, they go, oh, this is different and better. Right. Ideally better, of course. Yeah. So I'm in a relationship now and I always tell them like, and I, I'm very, like, I decided I wasn't going to hide anything because I used to have to do that with my ex because I didn't want to make him mad or whatever, or, you know, I'm just like, you know, trying to keep my voice. It's very important, but I sometimes will say like, this is very boring. It's not like he's boring. Or it's just like, is this how it's supposed to be? And it's boring and like, meaning there's no no drama. We don't really argue about much. Like we, you know, but, or if I make him upset, he doesn't hold it over my head for weeks and weeks and weeks or makes me pay for it. He, he'll actually just say sorry, or he needs to learn how to apologize because there's no, I'm sorry, but, but it's fine. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Right. I'm sorry, but. Better be happy before. Definitely. It's it's on the road. Yeah. (laughs) So like our arguments only maybe last like a couple of hours and that would be a big one. And I'm like, or if I, I can say no and okay. That's all I said. I was like, okay. Or if I ask him like, are you okay? If I go, he's like, you do you go, you know, let me know. I'm like, this is weird. It's very different. No, 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 no. So it's interesting. And it's like, is it supposed to be, I don't want to call it boring. It's just not dramatic. It's different. <laughs> it is. <laughs> yeah. Which I think it's supposed to. It's supposed to be easy and fun and not stressful. This is the new paradigm you've been created for yourself because you don't want to carry the old baggage around anymore. So yes, this is supposed to be the new normal. <laughs> yeah, it's weird and very weird. And someone wanting to, well, something, someone who wants to be around me all the time. <laughs> I'm very used to having distance because my ex always traveled or if right. he was in the house too long, he would go and run errands and never come back for a while. And I would be with the kids. 
And having someone wanting to be in my space a lot is very different too. Cause it's like, I mean, you don't have to wait for me to go do that. You can get, you know what I mean? So it's very different. It's nice. Uh, but it's, it's, I'm trying very hard not to revert back, but I've also recognized that there's traits in him that he's still holding on to from his past relationship and marriage. And it, it's one of the hot spots that, um, my ex used to do to me. And so it's one of those things that I'm like, I, I don't like that, but I'm trying to respect the fact that that's his baggage and just to tolerate it for now and just hope, you know, come to realization, you know, is one of those things that you have to also recognize is, can you deal with their baggage? If it's well, let me say this for the, for the world to hear. None of us are perfect at this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> even even people like myself have done lots a lot of work over the years and done a lot of relationship centric work because we've become experts. We still got our stuff on me because we have blind spots, mm-hmm. and a partner is going to be oftentimes the mirror that we don't see for ourselves. Right. So the gift that that person can bring to us can be those unresolved things we haven't fixed yet. Yeah. So the question is then is how do you learn about that and how do they teach you that in a way that is additive, not subtractive to the relationship? Hmm. Yeah, because he's a he's um. Again, very different blue collar, Texas boy versus Yankee, white collar, you know, <laughs> businessman. And yeah. so it's very different. And um, he says he's over it or he was cheated on by his ex-wife, found out years later. Yeah. Social media. And so my ex used to think that I was cheating all the time. And I'm like, who has the time? With all your personalities and all the things and the kids like I don't No Thanks. Uh, so when that happens, it's trying to remind him that that's not this situation. I don't think he's, he knows, but he doesn't. And there's triggers. And so it's just, people have that, that you have to also be sensitive to it, but also I'm trying to be sensitive to it, but at the same time, not tolerate it. Yeah. Because the thing is you don't want to be painted with the brush of his ex, so to speak. Right. And the thing is, yeah, you it, it, you it is becomes if it becomes a big enough issue where he keeps coming back to it and keeps getting nervous about it, you get you know the best thing is to give him feedback. It's like go get go get a therapy session, go see someone who can counsel him to help him see more clearly because truth is he's carrying around a fantasy that's not true. Yeah, it's getting away from a relationship. Yeah, and I think I I think everyone always gets scared that they're gonna like repeat it or you know and cheating man I I couldn't imagine and it's so weird because. He has a, a older uh, kid um, who's, you know, and I have lived three little ones. He's got one, I got three. And so it's a big dynamic. He's like, oh, it's busy. I said, yeah, it's busy, but it is what it is. But it's weird because I don't have a relationship with my ex. We do not talk. Like we haven't even seen each other in almost two years physically. When we go to like his nephew stuff, it's a family affair. His ex-wife is there her family, her parents. I'm, I'm friendly with her parents. We've had, we've hugged, we've had conversations like her and me and his ex-wife. It's very strange. And I keep telling him like, this will not be the dynamic over here. (laughs) Like it's not going to be, but it's nice to see that they can have, like, I like my, my kids have actually met them too at a birthday party because they're friends with the nephews because they're the same age, which is really nice to see. Um, Mm -hmm. It's a really great learning experience for them to see what like that's, you know, so, you know, uh, his son's mom and they look at it and they're like, 
I'm like, yeah, you know, same kind of thing. Like they live separately, da da da, da. and so they can see the same parallels, but they can see that it's different because they know that mom and dad aren't ever in the same place. So yeah. it's a healthier way to see how people can yeah. act. That's a, that's a gift to be able to have such a um, interrelational connection with all these different people that shows different paradigms. So the kids are seeing that there's not one way only. Good mm-hmm. news. I think it helps that their kid is older if he's going to be. Yeah graduating high school. So, I mean, he's an adult, young adult, mine are younger. So I could see how, I don't know how that would be if you had younger kids with a lot of influence from a sec, from another party, that's going to be my biggest thing is having another female come in and have an influence on my kid. And I'm like, mm, we'll have to see about that. Yeah. <laughs> you want to encourage it, but at the same time, you hope that it's not a person that was like me falling into the same, uh, not trap, but just getting charmed and into that where then there's a repeat pattern and then your kids are exposed to what exactly what you were trying to remove them from. Right. Absolutely. Right. So a lot of moving dynamics when you, when you get divorced, isn't it? Relationship's fun. (laughs) uh, Yeah. You will never be out of a job, Barry. It seems that way. Yeah. There is no, there's, there's no AI that can fix relationships as far as I know. No. Well, so let's, um, so your new your new uh, program. Let's mm-hmm. tell the listeners about that and see if they're interested or if you know everything will be in the show notes. Of course, everyone yeah. knows the goal. If you guys are listening to podcasts, so tell us about that. Well, basically, because as I said, this has become kind of a, a, a key thing I've been aware of is people having this um, lack of healing after the breakup before they go into the next relationship. So I created the program. It's been back in the backbone for a long time, but I finally said, okay, I'm going to create this thing, make it real, called Love After Heartbreak. And it's a group program because I'm discovering how having people work together in, in, the, in the container makes a much more powerful healing process for everybody because one-on-one coaching can feel kind of sterile in a way sometimes. So groups, they got, they got, they're on the same page, they're understanding each other, they're learning from each other, which is great. So the new group program is called Love After Heartbreak, and it really is how to really come back to loving ourselves after we've gone through some sort of, emotional dysfunction heartbreak um ending of a relationship that wasn't healthy so that we can become whole again to love somebody new from the whole place because as at the beginning you know the idea of loving from a bandaged place is like you can only see you can only get out so much love you want to get so much love in if you can heal your heart and i'm speaking metaphorically of course heal your heart so you can love fully again so the bandage get removed then you're fully transparent you can love fully when you meet somebody you can also receive love fully from somebody and that's the biggest gift I think anybody give give themselves. So I'm, I'm kind of ex- kind of happy about having it because people come out of the of the opportunity when in the program where they see life through a whole place again, which is wonderful. Absolutely. And where are you are you going to be doing this virtually? This is going to be virtual, yeah, because I have a I have a client base that's pretty international. So the people coming in the program aren't just local to me, which would be much harder to do logistically otherwise. So yeah, it's a, it's all done over over Zoom calls. Um, there's inter- there's um, pop-up conversations as well. We do, we do a Facebook group. It's all done online because it's easier. And mm-hmm. so people join wherever they are. Awesome. And where can we find you on all the things? Like, your, like you have a website. website? Yeah, my website, by the way, website is about to get revamped. I'm not sure by the time this podcast comes out if it'll be done by then, but it's going to be revamped. So if you look at my website, it looks clunky. That's the old version. <laughs> but basically my website is my name, which is barryselby.com. And on the front page, you can book a, a mini session with me right at the beginning if you want to, or you can join my email list, email list which is at the bottom of the front homepage. Um, the other links right now are missing, but the idea of a book and other things on my website as well, but they'll be represented once the site's redone. 
on the social platforms, all my plat on my social media, including YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, uh, Clubhouse, um, Twitter is all Barry Selby. Instagram's the one different one because that account originally got hacked. So I have to call myself the real Barry Selby. That's right. That's right. I remember that. I remember yeah. that. Well, I um love you and I love that you came back on and uh adore you. And so I hope the listeners go and check out all of the things that you have to offer. Um listeners, he wonderful and can really tap into those relationships and feelings. And uh, I really encourage everyone to go and and check Barry's new uh, program out. He's got podcasts and yeah, talk about all, lots of stuff, lots of things that everyone loves to listen to. So the podcasts, I forgot. I mean, they're so new, I forget about them. Um, <laughs> I, I'm co-hosting two podcasts. One is called Relationship Mastery. That's out on all the platforms. And Amazon Apple's podcast, I should hopefully have it released by the time this comes out. It's been pending for a while. I also have a show that I do online, which is also becoming a podcast, which is called Let's Talk Dating. Right now, let's sort dating, aka the perfect catch. That name's going to get changed to let's sort dating, but that's another one that's got about 100 plus episodes. And of course, if you go to my YouTube channel and become a subscriber, there's almost 1500 videos out there now. So you can definitely get a lot of free content there. Wow. Wow. Man, you've been busy, Barry, since the last time yes, we yeah. talked. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being here. And um, please come back. And uh, listeners, yeah, yeah, no, come back anytime. And <laughs> listeners, please go and check out Barry. And thank you for listening to another. Uh, episode of the chaos and cookies podcast and we will catch you guys on the next one thank you for listening to the chaos and cookies podcast if you want more goodies and friends to share them with follow the crumbs to the facebook group or visit the chaos and cookies website to grab my sweet secrets on how to calm your cookies don't forget to leave us a five-star review on itunes see y'all next week for another episode of chaos and cookies